Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Okay, so I wanted to address the craziness of the market and what is going on right here, right now, because I think if you're anything like me, my clients, there's been a lot of questions, especially with the turbulence of what is going on in the macro environment and potentially in the micro environment. So I'm going to define all this in just a couple of seconds here. Today, what I want you to talk about, or what I want to talk about, because this is going to be part of a three-part video series, so we'll link up the other videos below for you. The first one is going to be what you need to think about right now, right? Questions that you need to ask yourself about your investments. So this applies whether you haven't invested yet, you're thinking about investing, or you already are invested in the market, regardless of what your investments are, okay? So that's number one. That's what we're going to address in this video here. Number two is what the heck is going on in the markets? What is going through your mind, my mind, and the general market sentiment as a whole? What is causing all of this volatility, the fluctuations, not just today, but I'm going to peel it back and take you through time and give you a little bit of a brief history. That's number two. Okay, video number two. And then the third video that we're going to be talking about is going to be specifically around crypto, cryptocurrency, the crypto market. I am going to be breaking down what you need to know, what's been going on, and what you can learn from this recent situation that literally has just unfolded before our eyes, um, at least from my own experience. So that being said, none of this is financial advice specific for you. This is anecdotal. It's for educational and informational purposes only. I am sharing from my own experience as an investor, as somebody who has been in the investment world for 25 plus years and sharing my own experiences in the hopes that it might help clarify and help you right now to gain more clarity and certainty and to alleviate some of the fears. Because I think sometimes when Markets are swinging so widely here and there. There's a lot of fear mongering that happens and people purposely, they just incite terror for no good reason other than they like people to suffer. So today I want to break down some of those things so that it can help support the decisions that you may have already made or that you are about to make. If you're brand new to me, my name is Susan McVeigh. I am a business sales expert and I help entrepreneurs and business professionals sell more without having to sell their soul so that you can get better results and better outcomes without having to do more work, right? So double the results without double the work is really my heart and soul. And I'm on a mission to see more female millionaires in the world because after having spent a couple of decades in a very high profile finance environment, seeing the ins and outs of how people actually work and spend their money and 
manage what they have, I know too often that the story is the bulk of the world's wealth and investment in particular lies in the hands of men. No offense, gents. If you're watching this right now and you're a gentleman, I applaud you, but I have a heart and a mission to help other female females that are looking for more generational wealth and impact and legacy to change their lives, their children's lives, and ultimately the world, because with money comes control and choices. So that being said, I want you to stick around to the very end because you don't want to miss any of this. This will be short and sweet and to the point. So with that being said, video number one, that's right here, right now. I'm looking at my notes so that I don't miss anything. What are some of the questions that you need to ask yourself as an investor? So as an investor, so whether you're investing on your own or whether you're working with a financial advisor, a financial planner, you know, somebody who manages your portfolio, I want you to think about these questions. And if you're working with a licensed person, so remember, not financial advice, it's just my own experience sharing with you because I'm not licensed. Anybody who is licensed should be asking you these specific questions. Number one, what is your time horizon? What's your timeline? When, when are you expecting to need this money? Number two, what is the money for? What is the goal, right? Because if you have a short time frame versus a long time frame, and this is all relative, okay? But generally there are some benchmarks, you know, under a year, three to five years, 10 years or more, those are going to be the typical timelines that you will operate with when you're thinking about your money goals and your wealth goals and your investment goals. And the reason for this is because depending on the types of investments that you're looking at, they may or may not make as much sense depending on question number three, which is what is your risk profile? How much risk can you tolerate? It's directly related, but not entirely based on question number four, which is what amount of experience have you already had investing? Okay, because just like your credit, past performance or past history can sometimes indicate what future performance or future history might look like. Because if you have been irresponsible with your credit, then chances are that your bank, your credit card company, a lender, whether you're going in to purchase a home or a private loan or buy a car, right? They're going to be a little bit more apprehensive about giving you boatloads of more money when you have not been able to prove that you have been responsible with what you already got. So that being said, if you already have investment experience and you have been able to prove that you've weathered the storms of the ups and downs of the market that often happen, then you're going to be able to, to showcase that the risk tolerance that you pick, that you are like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm comfortable with this, that you actually can weather the storm, right? Because some, sometimes theoretical stuff is all well and good, but with money and money matters in particular, uh, yes, there's a logic piece involved, but there's very much an emotional piece involved, which is right in here. And oftentimes it's right in the gut. <laughs> so you may right now, depending on how well you have assessed these four different pieces, you may be having like, ah, yes, I knew it. And I'm celebrating because I'm doing exactly what my risk tolerance, my risk profile, my time horizon, like all these four criteria and the, the truthful answers to this, not what you think that you need to do in order to, to get to where you want to go. Right. There definitely are trade offs. But that being said, 
if you don't answer those questions for you, truthfully, then you're going to get different outcomes and different recommendations than what you actually need. Okay. That being said, remember those four questions. I'm going to go through them again. What is your time horizon? How much time do you need before you're going to need the money? Number two, what is the goal for the money? Because depending on what the goal is, your risk tolerance and your time horizon may be very different, right? So trying to buy a car within the next year is going to potentially look very different than your retirement plan or even saving for your kid's education if you're, you know, you, your kids are really little. The investment options kind of should match, but as I'll tell you in video number two and video number three, which we'll link up below, that doesn't often always happen, especially when you are the one investing on your own behalf. Because unless this is your full-time job, which I'm going to guess <laughs> you're here right now, it's not because it's no longer my full-time job either, then you're probably not as good at it as the ones that do it full-time. Okay. Number three is your risk profile. How much risk are you willing to take? And number four is your um, investment experience. What have you already invested in? What is your experience with different types of investment? Okay, not just knowledge. What have you personally put money into? Because just like I teach on the CL side, until you have some skin in the game, you actually won't know and make the commitment to what it is that you actually desire. So, I'm going to spend a little bit of time unpacking this risk piece today. And then in the next video, we're going to talk a little bit more about the volatility of the volatility of the market and how that relates to the answers that you had about these four questions. So the third piece here around risk profile, your risk tolerance is about how much you can withstand pendulum swings, right? Back and forth. Now, at the time of this recording, we have experienced a bull market. And so if you're not sure what that term is, a bull market just means like the, the horns of the bull go up, the market has been going up. A bear market means the market is bearing down, okay, it's going down. So there are rumors that we have now shifted potentially into a bear market run with some of the other causes that are happening. I will talk about that in video number two. So you're gonna wanna look for that what's going on in the market, what's causing this volatility, and um, how to explain this a little bit for the context of what you're looking at. For today, this risk tolerance is really about how much risk are you willing to take? Now, risk and volatility are usually used in an interchangeable fashion, but they're not exactly the same, okay? For today's purpose, I'm not gonna break that down. If you want more detail on risk versus volatility, um, comment below and I will come back and do another video if it's helpful. So for today, volatility, what I want to explain in the simplest terms possible is that volatility is really about the plus and minus, plus and minus. So plus and minus, how much can you withstand? If you can withstand zero plus and minus, usually it's on the minus side because everybody wants to make lots of money, meaning you want the market to swing in your favor. You want to see 30% returns. You want to see 8% returns. You want, you want to see maybe 3,000% or 30,000% returns. And that has been the experience of the market in the last couple of years. That being said, 
What comes up almost always comes down. It's just a matter of when and how hard. And that's why volatility is so important as a measurement of what you are willing to accept before you start investing. And additionally, as you continue to invest, because if things happen in your life, as you just go about your natural day to day, your risk tolerance may shift. Okay, that's probably the thing that's going to um, change the most. Your time horizon, your goal is pretty much set, right? Like those are things that you're going to discuss with your advisor, with yourself to say, what do I need this money for? What's the timeline? And, and then it's set. Your experience is also set because based off of what you've already done, I mean, you're going to change it now, but you can't change what's been done in the past. So the thing that's going to change or have the opportunity to change the most that then will dictate what types of investment opportunities that are reasonable for you, and I use reasonable as like a relative term, will depend on how much risk you're willing to take, how much volatility you're willing to accept. So again, everybody always is okay with the plus. What I want you to think about is, what does it mean to see my portfolio go negative? Possibly lose it all. And I know that oftentimes we think of cash or CODs or GICs or investment deposits, depending on where in the world that you're from watching this right now, the thing where typically you're investing through a bank or financial institution and they pay you pennies on the dollar, right? It's basically to keep your money safe, safe. Now, with rising inflation, sometimes the rates that you're being paid on those investments is not enough to account for inflation. So essentially you are losing money, but it's just a matter of how much less money you're losing. Does this make sense? Because if we were to think about a dollar today is not gonna be worth a dollar tomorrow or a dollar a year from now because of rising costs, because of just things that happen. I'm not gonna go into a ton of detail about this one either. The macro economy and the micro economy that the things that go on in the economy if we just keep it super simple to inflation, your dollar today, because of rising costs of inflation, that automatically that $1 is not going to be worth a dollar a year from now. It's going to buy less, essentially. Okay. So if you wanted to buy a loaf of bread for $3 today, that loaf of bread may actually be $10 a year from now. I'm just throwing out random numbers. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. If you put your money in right now into the bank and they're going to pay you 1%, it's probably way less than that. Again, just making up some numbers for the example. Don't get hung up on the numbers here. If you are looking at, oh my gosh, inflation is at 5%, right? Then making 1% is still pretty good because you have just removed the risk of losing 5%. Now you're going to only lose 4%. Okay, this is how the, the rich and wealthy really think they're, I mean, at that point, they have so much more to lose than to gain that, yeah, they want to make more money, but it's always with, but what is that going to cost me? What is the risk that I'm going to open myself up to? And even the most risky people, it's especially important because they have more to lose. So a few percentage points is going to make a huge difference when you're talking about millions, multi-millions and billions or trillions of dollars, okay? So for us, 
when we're looking at smaller dollar figures, it's still important because you're trying not to lose what you already have. You're trying to make sure that that dollar that you have today is going to be able to buy the same dollar's worth of stuff tomorrow, a month from now, and a year from now. So here's what I want to share. And we're going to try and whiteboard this and see how that works. Um, hopefully that helps in just a minute. So number one, what I want you to think about. So we talked very, very briefly, and I'll mention it here again. When people are talking about a bull market, a bull market are like the horns of the bull. It means that the market is going up, okay? A bear market, when people refer to that, it means bear down, okay, bear down. And so the market is going down. That's very, very brief, as quick and dirty as I can make that explanation. Okay, so help, hopefully that little um, bit will rem remind you the bull torn. We're talking about an, an up market. Now, that's what we have experienced in the two years or so since COVID. Now, when COVID happened, there was a short little blip that happened on the stock exchanges all around the world that within a period of two months, very short duration, but high intensity. The markets crashed to such a level that we have not experienced since like decades, almost a century, okay? So it impacted everybody across the board. Now, in video number one, we talked a lot about risk and volatility. Today, we're digging into volatility in the market. So right now, I want you to think two years ago, I know it feels like a long time, but two years ago, when the markets dipped down, what did you do? What was your natural reaction? Did you run for the hills? Were you afraid? Did you put more money in? Or did you do nothing? And maybe you did something in between those, like a combination of these things. No judgment here. Again, this is really just for your purposes to evaluate what did you do and to connect them to what's happening right now and what choices or decisions make the most sense for you moving forward. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to definitely help create some clarity so that you can make decisions that you are happy with, okay? that you understand and you can stand by and you can like lean into without fear, without judgment, without shame, without guilt, without any of those negative emotions that can often come with money. So two years ago, what did you do? Now, I'm going to share a quick story because um, if you missed video number one, and this is your first time chatting with me, my name is Susan McVeigh. I'm a business sales expert, and I spent almost 20 years working for a global 300 finance company, helping clients specifically with building their wealth. Okay, so that's what I did day in and day out with my teams, uh, working with clients closely, literally from when I started in the morning until when I left in a non-traditional sales environment. So yes, I sold the clients, but I ultimately helped them achieve their dreams, okay, through financial instruments, through financial um, means. So I'm very much an expert in this area but I am not licensed. I am not your financial advisor. I am not giving you financial advice. I'm giving you education and information that hopefully will help you to make the decisions that you need, whether you're working with a financial advisor or not, in order to feel empowered about the choices that you're making about your money. So 
over the course of my career, because I have always done what I teach and I talk about, I've always been invested in the market. Every single paycheck, like clockwork, money would go in. So we didn't have any extra cash. Uh, every dollar was accounted for. Every dollar had an assignment. I very much believe that if money doesn't have a place to go, it literally will just disappear. And so if that's you right now, comment below. No shame in that. I may have a resource that might help you, my ABCs of Building Wealth ebook. That being said, if so all throughout my career, I had always had money just regularly invested. That meant that any time, because I have been through multiple recessions over the course of my life and my career in particular, um, we didn't, I didn't have any extra cash. It was all in the market. So I just kind of had to write it out, take my own medicine, do what I said I was going to do and wait, right? Just keep investing because I have already evaluated the four key criteria and questions that I talked about in video number one. And I was not going to change my behavior. I was not going to change my portfolio. It didn't make sense because nothing other than the macro environment, what was going on around me in the e economy had shifted. I was still the same. So two years ago, we were in a very unusual opportunity because we had sold our old house and we're still looking for a new house. And so we had cash. And I remember that all throughout my career, I had always wanted more cash at the time that the market had dipped because my risk tolerance is such that that's a behavior that I am okay with. When markets go down, me personally, I will reinvest because I believe in what I invested in. That may not fit for you, but for me, that was my belief. Okay, that is my preference. That is my investor profile. But I didn't have any extra cash. So two years ago, we did. And so as soon as the markets, I honored my word, right? I honored the commitment that I have made years before. And we called up our investment advisor, our portfolio manager, and said, put it in, invest it. Because we were holding on to it in order to buy our house. Now. We did not put it all in. I'm not going to tell you what we invested in or any of that sort of thing, because that's really not important. What I want you to get from this story, from this example, is that because of my risk tolerance, I behaved in a certain way. That behavior may or may not match for you. What I want you to do right now is to assess, given the volatility of the market two years ago, and then again now, has your behavior changed? And if yes, why? Has there, something, has there been something that's been um, done in your life that has created a new opportunity for a different risk profile? And if you don't really understand anything what, I, what I'm talking about because you missed video number one, please pause right now. Go and listen to video number one in its entirety because this will make a lot more sense and will help you more than just diving into this one. Okay. If you already know what I'm talking about and you're, you're following me, fabulous. Just keep going with me. So if you right now are in two boats usually, and there's a spectrum, but there's going to be two extremes. You either rejoiced because you can buy more of what you're already invested in or what you wanted to invest in, but you were waiting for the right time. And you're like, now is the time you're over here. Okay, bucket number one. If you're going, 
man, you guys are crazy. I don't even know how you can sleep at night. And you are like, I just want to take all my money out of all the things and run for the hills and curl up in a little ball and never look at a chart or not listen to the news ever again. You're bucket number two. Okay. One or two. Now I'm giving you extreme examples in order to paint a picture. You can be very, very risk averse or very, very risk tolerant. Okay. Which really, and I, again, I'm simplifying this means that you can handle a lot of volatility or very, very little. Now, based off of your investment experience in the past, you should have a very good idea of where you fall into that spectrum. But if you've never invested before, we're going to talk a little bit more about this um, for specific like stock market sort of regular investments. So for right now, there are two major accelerants to the stock market, the global economy. Okay. Now keep in mind that what I just shared is two years ago with COVID, we had a similar drop. Everybody was calling it a recession, but by definition, technically it didn't last long enough to be a, a full recession. However, the, the intensity of it, like the depth of the drop kind of qualifies as a recession. So you'll hear different people talk about it in different ways. Okay. So the, for the purposes of what we're going to talk about, I'm not really going to refer to it as a recession because it doesn't really fit, but it is a drop in the market. So I'm going to whiteboard now, and hopefully this will help make a little more sense of what's been going on. So again, I don't know where you are in the world. I'm in Canada. Most of my clients are global, but the bulk of them are in Canada and the US. And regardless of where we are, we cannot ignore the impact that war and having the opportunity for a global impact uh, that's already started, the fear that's attached to that uncertainty can have. It's already impact, and again, interrelated with inflation because Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. So with already looming prices for a lot of food stock, now we have breads and grains, which is a big chunk of the food pyramid. <laughs> if anybody remembers that from grade school, right? All of a sudden, there are farmers in places around the world that are scrambling to start planting bread, like grain, wheats in order to recoup the amount of volume that Ukraine supplies the world with. And it is not a small amount. So all of these things that now are giving rise to more fear, more uncertainty, more doubt, more threatens, like threats to our security means that people are looking to hoard money, to take money, okay? To keep their money safe. Now, safe is a relative term. But when people move out of um, fear and emotion, which I will say a lot of the market operates out of this way. So if you're doing that right now, no judgment. It's okay. This is human nature because we are built to survive. We are built to make sure that we make it through the droughts, the famines, the wars, the plagues, the pestilence, like you name it, right? Because we are trying to preserve ourselves and the people that mean the most to us our businesses, our clients, our families, 
our friends, the people that we care about. So if you have felt a little bit of this, like I want to contract, I want to you know, pull in, I want to rein in my spending, I want to rein in certain things, again, could depend on your risk tolerance as well. But this volatility of the market is creating a lot of uncertainty. And so areas where you may have felt like I could go and put my money here, no longer feel safe, that is speaking to the macro economy. That's, that's speaking to the macro environment, okay? Because it kind of feels like no matter where you turn, there really is no place for you to go and put your money. That may or may not be true, okay? But it's still valid. If you feel this way, I honor you. I respect that that is something that you very much feel is real. And it is real. That being said, you can shift this. Hopefully, I've given you some help right here right now between video number two and video number three. And if you're going to be investing or already invested in crypto, then video number three is going to help you enormously as well. So my observations, what goes what goes up must come down, but what comes down will also go back up. It's just a matter of when and where. Here are some things that you need to be aware of, and this will also fall in line with video number three in crypto, okay? So if you're thinking, Susan, I'm out of the market, I'm just gonna stop here, don't, because <laughs> these principles are gonna be really, really helpful for you to keep in mind as you think about your crypto investments as well, okay? so. Here's some things that I want you to think about because remember, I'm gonna just draw kind of a, mm, a bit of a bell curve, I think, okay? That was totally crooked. It should look symmetrical. Just pretend that it's symmetrical. Okay, so whatever is your percent here for your volatility, I want you to put on this scale. Okay, so are you okay with your money going plus or minus 5%, 10%, 15%, 100%, 1000%? And again, it does not have to be all or nothing. Okay, it can be for some. Now, as a risk profile, you're looking at, we look at overall, okay? But your individual portfolios could have very different risk profiles. You, again, depending on the goal that you have. If you have something that is for short-term, maybe you're saving to um, pay for your wedding. That's in like, oh gosh, I just saw somebody share that they had been over leveraged in crypto, but this applies for any investment because I've seen it across the board in my history had borrowed and uh, was in the, um, they may have been in futures actually, now that I think about it, but regardless, the investment is not important. It went down and he's getting married in two weeks and now he has nothing and he borrowed $10,000 to do this. And he's like, I can't tell my would-be wife because she's gonna freak out and this will be the end. Like, I can't start my life this way. I don't know if he borrowed this money in order to pay for his wedding, but with a two week time horizon, really and truly, you're looking at very, very little volatility. Really, you want zero volatility. 
right? Like if, if <laughs> and again, it's going to depend on you. So not financial advice. You need to know you. Would you be okay if you needed to pay for something two weeks from now and you didn't have all the money, right? If you had to pay for a car in two weeks, you ordered it, it's coming, and you had to pay, let's say it's $100,000, $10,000 for this car, and you don't have that money in the bank, that will tell you how much of this you're willing to take. Now, typically, the further out the time horizon, the more risk that you're able to handle. But it depends on you. What I always like to say is, and, and this is a great litmus test right now. Can you sleep at night right now? If you're sleeping like a baby, don't even worry about any of this stuff. Amazing. It means that more than likely, the four key questions that we talked about in video number one, you have properly assessed or identified, and you're good, right? You don't really need to change anything. You may need to, to rebalance a couple of things, but by and large, if you have invested in things that make sense to you, that you believe in, that fit your risk tolerance, that fit your goals and your objectives and your time horizon, that it, it fits for your profile, then no changes are required. You may need to do some minor shuffling around because anytime the, the markets shift, there's a good time to rebalance. If markets are up, you should be rebalancing as well because you can take some profits and reallocate to things because not everything is going up at the same time. Okay, not everything is going up at the same time. Oftentimes, not everything goes down at the same time. They're not directly correlated one-to-one. -one. That being said, it may feel like everything is going down at the same time because you are looking at either the charts continuously or hearing the news. And I will say the news usually only reports on the doom and gloom. So if you're going to be doing your own investing, really look at reputable sources, understand what you're looking at, and don't look at it more frequently than what you need to change your behavior. Because if you're following your plan and you've identified these four different criteria, then you don't need to look at it more frequently. More frequently will only make you more stressed. If Because remember the chart that I showed you, day to day, it's doing this thing. You do not need to subject yourself to the volatility if you know that over the long term, whatever that looks like for you, that I'm okay with this pendulum going like this or like this, like really wide. Looking at it every single day, it's going to do its daily thing. But over time, just like the escalator, it's still going to go and do what you want it to do. Okay, based off of your risk. Okay, so when we think about what's going on right now, Here's my observation. People are forgetting the fundamentals of basic investment principles. This is not rocket science. This is not super complicated. These are things that have been around for centuries. Okay. For as long as the stock market has been in place, people have been investing. People have been making money. People have been losing money. People have been doing all kinds of things that make no sense whatsoever until you understand how people behave. People want to do certain things based off of fundamentals, but because there's fear and doubt, uncertainty, and just this desire to stay safe and to preserve yourself, to withdraw and contract as opposed to expand, and then based off of your individual preferences and your risk tolerances, right? The, the things that you will change about yourself, 
you're going to react in a certain way. There is groupthink and there is market sentiment to be aware of. So when the markets drop, you have to be very, very disciplined in knowing yourself to detach from what's going on around you and to say, that does not fit my risk profile. And I'm educated enough that I believe in the value of what I've hold, like what I've invested in, that it's still a good decision for me. Now, if you get different investment information, meaning like the uh, investments that you've invested in are not solid, there's been a shift in the market. There's been a shift in their business practices. There's been a shift in something that means that that basis of your decision is no longer sound or solid, then absolutely you need to make a change and, and a shift, right? And that, that could be partly what was happening. But by and large, the market is just doing what it's going to do because of these two major things that are going on. Now, of course, regionally, there's going to be changes and there may be other things that are going on for you, depending on where you are in the world. But as a global economy, these two things are causing concerns across the board, across the board. And let's face it, as, um, as somebody who's in Canada, as somebody who's in North America, and really as somebody who lives as a global uh, person, the U.S. is still, by and large, a major player in the global economic world. And that means that when things happen for the U.S., it impacts and ripples out to all the other countries, especially in the developed world. And then it will start impacting the um, non-developed world. So, gosh, I hope this was helpful. This is probably more than I was planning to go over, but I just felt led to share. If this was helpful for you, please make sure that you comment below any of your questions so I can ensure that if it's something that I can answer, that I can either create a new video or answer you right then and there, or give you some help and, and guidance with resources that might be helpful for what you're trying to figure out. Again, not financial advice. This is based off of just straightforward education, information, principles, not a recommendation for what you should or shouldn't be investing in. That is up to you to decide based off of now your own educated kind of guess, but really and truly making choices based off of information that is the most appropriate to you to align yourself with your intentions, your goals, and how you prefer to operate in the world. Okay, so video number three is coming right at you. It's going to be linked up below. So video number one, if you missed it, Go back and listen to it. It was the four key questions that you need to ask yourself when you are making investment decisions. And if you're working with an investment advisor, they should have asked you these four things first. In fact, by law, they kind of are required because it's part of know your, know your client, um, which is a compliance piece. Hit that like and subscribe button. Share this with somebody else that this could benefit for. Um, super happy to have you here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.